Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Welcome back to In the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920, live from Raiders headquarters, the Intermountain Healthcare Center. I'm your boy Q, and pleased to have now on the phone lines my guy, former Raiders linebacker Kirk Morrison. And Kirk, thanks for joining the show. And as I'm sitting here in the Raiders facility, I kind of get goosebumps. You know, I'm a young man who grew up rooting for the silver and black. Now, now I'm doing a radio show from their facility. So for you, as a young man who grew up in a family of Raider fans, to actually be drafted by the Raiders, the hometown team, what did that mean to you? It meant a lot because it was like the only team that I could ever root for, only cheer for. So whether the Raiders won, whether the Raiders lost, they were always still our team. So, you know, kind of growing up, you know, a lot of people in the Bay Area decided to be Niner fans. That was never me. I was always a Raider fan, a born bred. And, you know, for me, being able to play for the Raiders, definitely it always felt different for me. It always felt bigger. It wasn't just the team I played for. It was kind of the, the way of life that I've always had. So definitely one of the uh, best parts of my life was not only being a Raider fan, but I think also being able to put that silver and black uniform on. How proud was your dad as a guy who was a season ticket holder for the silver and black? How proud was he of you to be a member of the Raiders? Oh, man. He, I mean, he still talks about it to this day. Uh, <laughs> I will always be his uh, favorite Raider for sure. But, you know, definitely he was a proud dad. Um, you know, I think just because, you know, he watched me as a kid, you know, sitting right next to him in, a, in, in the Coliseum and watch every game. And we cheered loud. And, you know, you never thought that one day that you could actually watch your son out there on the field. So it always, for me, was one of those surreal moments because, you know, honestly, it was just, you know, those moments of sitting there watching greater football up in the third deck. And then, you know, fast forward, all of a sudden you're watching the same game. But yet now the son who sat next to you for all those years is actually out there on the field. So I know those memories are something that we'll keep for the rest of our life. And, you know, now we get to share the same memories. Now that I'm a retired player, we get to watch the games together and uh, kind of relive those memories before I was a Raider as a young child. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you're a member of the Raiders for life. They always say once a Raider, always a Raider. And I get it being an NFL player in general. I mean, that's a that's a great fraternity to be a part of. But just, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. You know how the organization treats anyone who's ever played for the team. I mean, just how great has that been just over the years, even as you've retired? You know, it's always been something that you've always felt. I've always felt the connection to the guys who played before me. And like I mentioned, being a Raider fan, um, you know, to me, being feeling as if I was an equal to guys like Art Shell and Gene Upshaw and Freddie Bolitnikoff, you know what I mean? Right. Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson. And to say that we all have something in common, man, it, that's pretty sweet. You know, and I tell people that all the time especially now, like you mentioned, down there in Las Vegas, being able to go tour the stadium and to see my name on the legacy bricks of <laughs> Raiders of past, present, and future, you know, definitely it gives you goosebumps to say that we're part of a small fraternity of guys to don that silver and black. Yeah, it's it's special, man. It really is. And like I said, just sitting here at the facility, uh, some place I thought I would never be ever as a young man, like I said, rooting for the Raiders, sitting in the third deck of the Coliseum as well. Now we all come full circle. It's just really, really amazing. Talking right now with Captain Kirk, Kirk Morrison here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Kirk was a third round pick in 2005 of the Oakland Raiders. And 
Kirk, we've talked before multiple times about trying to get this defense fixed. This has been something that has been, you know, the big elephant in the room for the Raiders. They bring in Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator. Ron Miles is the defensive back coach. Richard Smith, linebackers coach. All three guys very well respected in the NFL. How do you think they go about trying to turn a defense around that has talented players, just haven't been able to get the most out of them yet? You know, honestly, it, it sounds cliche, but just back to the basics. Going back to square one. Um, and not implementing a system where guys feel like they have to slow down and think and understand and try to figure out, but more or less making up, I mean, not making up, but the system that Dan Quinn and Gus Bradley and you could throw in Chris Rashard, like all the defensive coordinators that have come through the Seattle system, what makes that defense special, and I can even throw in Robert Sala right now, who's a defensive, who was former defensive coordinator for the 49ers, now yeah. head coach with the New York Jets. The one thing that they love about the defense is simplicity, yet it's complex. And, and, and the reason why it's simplicity is that they only run a couple coverages, but they run them so good and so effective that you can actually be complex in how you disguise and how you show different looks because it's actually just still the same thing. And so that goes back to the basics. That goes back to square one. That goes back to just talking football and how offenses are trying to attack you in your defense. Every defense has a, has a, has a weak spot. That's just part of the NFL. Right. No defense is inferior, but you have to find ways to not allow an offense to get to your weak spot. And that's what I think the conversation has to be with Gus Bradley and that defensive staff is how do we get everybody on the same page as quick as possible, but also doing things in which it doesn't take a ton of communication. It's when you line up, you go play, and everyone's thinking the same thing at the same time. Yeah, you know, you said something that really stood out to me, and, and we've talked about Corey Littleton in the past when he became a free agent. The Raiders picked him up from the Rams. You've seen him up close and personal, and you had a lot of glowing remarks to say about him just as early as last season, but it didn't work out for him last year for the Raiders with the Raiders because of what I felt was what you said. He was thinking, so he was reacting a little bit slower, and of course, in the NFL, the play is going to get past you if you have to think. So with Corey Littleton, you you know how good he can be. Do you think this all about, like you said, simplicity to get him back to playing what he was playing when he was with the Rams? Well, I think it's 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 not a, a, it's simplicity. But what I'm saying, when we're saying simplicity, is more or less allowing guys to pull, use their athletic ability. Right. You know, sometimes you have a defense that's hey, you have to be in this spot and be here because this guy's counting on you to do this and do that. But if you get a defense where everybody is like, look, we're, we're, we're going to play with off our athletic ability. We're going to use our instincts. That's what a lot of defensive coordinators sometimes I think they fail to do because it's so system oriented. But in this system, it's about playing off your instincts. It's about being able to, yeah, I can be in that spot, but I can also have instincts to go make a play. And if I do miss that play, I'm not going to you know, hold the defense hostage. I can still be able to recover. And I think that's where Corey Littleton is going to take off this season is because he's going to be in a situation where he doesn't have to worry about having to not you know, use his instincts. That's what makes him a good player is because his instincts in finding the football, making those plays, you know, stripping the football, interceptions, those are all the things that he was able to do in L.A., because he was such an instinctual player and he was able to, if he was, you know, made a mistake, he will recover. And right. when he recovered, man, you definitely felt it. 
Talking right now with Kirk Morrison here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, there's been a lot of uh, hybrid positions or hybrid players now, especially you see them in the draft. A lot of guys, and the Raiders have a few on their team right now, that were drafted. They were safeties in college, but they're going to move up to to play that linebacker position. Divine Diablo is one guy that comes to mind that was just drafted by the Raiders. How tough of a transition? I know you didn't have to make that transition, but how how difficult do you think of a transition that will be for guys that played safety in college? Yeah, but I think a lot of them played around the football, though, and they ran around, around the line of scrimmage. And so you find ways to put them in and get them comfortable. So it may not be right away in the base package, but mm-hmm. you can have a package, a nickel, a dime, um, or, or a dollar package, so somewhere where you put a couple of hybrid guys out there and they're playing you know, certain personnel groupings. I know for me, you know, in my career, uh, there were times where um, early on, that, okay, I would play against certain personnel groupings and I would be used a different way. And I knew that. And it was fun because it got you acclimated. And then the next thing you know, you're able to expand. And now you're in another package. Now you're in another package. The next thing you know, you're playing all the packages. So you start small and you work your way out. That's how uh, I think guys like Divine Diablo and other guys who are these hybrid players where the NFL is going to where a guy can, you know, have the the ability of a safety, but have the coverage uh, of a of a safety linebacker, right. but then also be able to go up and field on the run. It really starts with just small packages, and then you branch your way out. And I think the transition can be kind of seamless, but it does take time. It doesn't happen overnight. And we've seen so many players in the league, you know, they start off and things are good, or they start slow early on, and all of a sudden it just clicks. It picks up. Whether that's game two, game three you know, game eight, game nine, whatever it may be, it does finally uh, catch up and you see a lot of players take off. Another conversation we've been having around here lately is is about defenses carrying a team. And, and that really doesn't happen a lot in the league, but when it does, we remember. You know, when a, there's a dominant, dominant defense, we say, man, remember that team? But it doesn't happen all the time. And I go back to 2006 and 2007. You were on those Raiders teams in, in 2006. Top 10 defense, but 32nd offense team went 2-14. and 14. You know, I mean, just the balance has to be there. How critical is that? And the Raiders have a really good offense, but they're trying to get that defense up to speed. How critical is it to have that? That, that balance well it's, it's always critical and because you know each side is going to need each other but that's the way the nfl is though because right. you know honestly sometimes you have to find what is our team's identity this season sometimes the defense just is that much better sometimes the offense is that much better and you never know what it's going to be to the actual season starts and sometimes look i give a lot of credit to a lot of the other teams around the league because you know, sometimes they see things in the offseason and they attack the offense differently. And all of a sudden the offense isn't the same offense that you saw the year prior, but yet the defense is a lot better than the year prior. And so every year you never know what is going to be what carries your team. Maybe it's the run game. Hey, maybe it's the rush defense or our pass defense. Maybe we're able to sack the quarterback more on third down. You know, you honestly don't know until the season starts just because of the way the league is. And I think that's what makes that, um, you know, sort of that, that, the, the yin and the yang, right? You mentioned right. like what's going to carry us. Like, you, honestly, you don't know, but what you want to have is just a little bit to where you don't feel like we have to do this, right? You don't need an offense that has a score of 40 points a game to be in it. You want to be able to say, you know what? We want to score this amount of points because we know we have a defense that's not going to give up this amount of points. That's that's when that synergy is, is happening, and you hope to get that early on. With the way that the NFL is really kind of trending, so the offenses really have an opportunity to thrive, I mean, it's really making life difficult on the defenses. But in my opinion, it's almost where defense just has to be opportunistic. Create a turnover here. Get a 
a sack late, force a field goal instead of a touchdown when it's crunch time. Is that kind of what really needs to happen now moving forward with some of these defenses? Yeah, sometimes it just stops, man. I always say, look, if you get a stop, that's like that's like a punt. You right. Know? I mean, that's like a punt. That's a turnover. You know, yeah. in this league, so many offense can score at will or they can score a lot of points. And so I, I, I label that also well from my work in college football is that, you know, sometimes a punt is a, is a turnover, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? The punt is getting the ball back to your offense. You're keeping the other team off the scoreboard. And sometimes that's all you need is just getting a stop, not allowing points on the scoreboard. And I think that's where you start to add them up. So, hey, fellas, we had eight punts today. Next week we want 10. Right. Because we know that when you're punting the football to us, we're keeping the points you know, off the scoreboard. And, and that's, to me, just as just as big as getting a turnover. That's just as big as getting an interception or, you know, a force in the fumble because you're just taking away opportunities from the offense and those start to add up. At the end of the day, your your offense has more possessions than their offense. Yeah, that's going to help out tremendously. Yeah, you're going to win a lot of games that way. We're talking right now with Captain Kirk, Kirk Morrison here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Kirk, just got a couple more questions for you. Talking about turnovers, and I mentioned the 2006-2007 season. Going back to those seasons, uh, your running mate, man, Thomas Howard. It was the law firm of Morrison and Howard. Law firm of Howard and Morrison. However you wanted to word it, uh, you guys were locked down linebackers, created a bunch of turnovers. I know you guys were in almost a competition at who was going to get more interceptions, who was going to help out the offense. We obviously mm-hmm. lost Thomas way too early, man. That was uh, horrible. But I know his his birthday just passed, and, and that was your running yeah. mate, man. Uh, what do you think when his birthday passes and whenever you get just an opportunity to think of, of, of T. Howard, man, what are your thoughts? You know, man, it was just one of my best friends. Uh, yeah. Known Thomas for a very long time. and You know, the story I always tell people is that I first met him when he was just a uh, a walk on player at UTEP. Yeah, San Diego State played down there, and uh, there was a particular play in which our running back had you know broke through the line of scrimmage, and he was just in the clear, nobody around. And this guy, number forty for UTEP, literally comes from across the field out of nowhere and tracks our running back down. And I was like, who and what was that? Because that was not human. <laughs> And it was Thomas Howard. And so that's when I first heard the name Thomas Howard. And so I kind of follow a guy throughout his college career. Then all of a sudden, you know, we were getting ready to draft a linebacker. I remember our linebacker coach then told us, hey, man, this is a kid out of UTEP. It's pretty good. And I said, wait, Howard? He said, yeah, how do you know? I said, man, let me tell you about this play. And <laughs> coach found the play. And he was, I was like, coach. And ultimately, I think that was one of the reasons why they brought in Thomas. Just unbelievable speed, just yeah. uh, athletic. I mean, I could he does he did so many things on the field that I wish I could do. And so I would marvel at a lot of things that he did. I wish I had a couple more interceptions that year. I dropped a couple, but it was such a friendly competition because we both um, we we wanted the best for each other. Yeah. And we studied and we did everything that we could and. We wanted to help our team, and one of the things as well, we wanted to let everybody know that we can catch the football too. So that was one of the best years of my career for sure. And, uh, you know, definitely miss Thomas each and every day. Yeah, no doubt. And and I remember that like it was yesterday, 2007, I believe the, the Raiders were playing the Browns at the Coliseum. And again, sitting yeah. in the third deck of the of the Coliseum, uh, you got an interception and you laid out, Kirk. And I've never asked you about this, but you laid out to get that ball. You got it around midfield. And I think you took it all the way back to about the five yard line, just about scored a touchdown. I think the Raiders ended up kicking a field goal after that. But uh, you yeah. took that back. <laughs> That was one hell of an interception. I don't, I, that must have been your best interception in your career. Yeah, one of my best. Um, <laughs> I think, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, as far as, like, showing off the athleticism, yeah, it was one. And it was just film study. Like, I knew what they were trying to do. It was a third down play. 
And that's where I wanted to really show people that I was a every down linebacker, that yeah. third down, leave me on the field. And it was a play to Kellen Winslow to tight end. And I knew that they all wanted to run a certain route. And they thought that I would stay front side. And I flipped my hips and was able to turn around and get backside. And they put the ball in an area where I kind of knew they were going to be. And so shout out to a lot of my defensive coaches because we talked about it all week. And the actual play happened. I was able to grab it and wish I could have you know, returned it to the house. But also Thomas had an interception that game as yep. well. So, yep. you know, we just, um, you know, whatever, whenever I did something, he was like, okay, it's my turn. <laughs> he did something, I was like, all right, it's my turn. And that was the, fin- the friendly competition we always had. It was so fun to watch. I mean, it really was. Even with the season without a lot of wins, just seeing that friendly competition, like you said, between you two was great. I, I love living through all of that. And I'm sure you guys love, you know, participating in all of that. And, you know, you mentioned San Diego State and next week um, the Mountain West Conference media days are going to take place uh, right here in Las Vegas Uh, and I know you do a lot of work with college ball and you do a lot of work with the NFL as well Uh, how fired up are you for another season of college football well I'm excited about college football too I mean you know last year was a lot going on with COVID and you know I understand it wasn't the, the the best of seasons for a lot of folks but I think this year is going to be absolutely amazing. I mean, we get a chance to get back to having full crowds, to having the stadiums packed, the pageantry, you know, the tailgating. That's the one of the parts, one of the things I love about college football. And for me, being able to see, you know, each and every week from different schools and the traditions, um, that's the fun part. And and also now being able to watch, you know, the new up and coming guy that you can follow for the next year, two, three years. And then eventually, you know, you kind of watch them and envision them on your NFL team. So that's always the great part for me about college football, because you get to watch them as collegians. But yeah. then also, too, you get to watch their career as they even maybe one day play for your football team in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Before I let you go, Kirk, I know you got a lot of things going on, radio shows, pre and post game work, college broadcasts, like we mentioned. What is the latest and greatest? What all do you have going on that we all need to be on the lookout for? <laughs> you know what? Um, you can find me on Sirius XM NFL radio uh, covering the NFL. we got our training camp tour coming up, so I'll be visiting the, about three or four NFL training camps. So pretty excited about that. You can catch me on uh, ESPN's college football coverage nice. uh, covering uh, broadcasting games throughout. So you'll see me on ESPN, ABC, ESPN2, uh, along the ESPN networks covering college football. And, you know, I got a couple podcasts as well, too. I got a podcast called Total Coverage. You can look that up. And our last thing is my weekly show that I have here in Los Angeles, which is LA Gridiron Weekly. And, uh, yeah, if you guys get a chance this week, uh, I'm going to have uh, Jonathan Abram, nice. Raiders Safety, on this week, just talking about the season, talking about Gus Bradley. So, That'll be an interview you guys won't want to miss. That'll uh, air on Saturday on LA Gridiron Weekly here on uh, ESPN 710. There it is. I'll definitely be tuned into that. Good information. And I got to assume that maybe you're going to make your way out to Raiders training camp at some point? Yeah, I'm going to try to get there, right? I was supposed to come for our alumni weekend, but I'll be covering, like I said, covering the NFL. Okay. Um, if not, if I don't make it a training camp, I will for sure be there. I'm already uh, locked in for Monday night football. Ravens, Raiders, yes. I cannot wait. That is going to be fun. I would not miss that game for the world, and I look forward to being uh, with all my silver and black folks. All right, well, hey, at the very least, Kirk, I'll see you when you get here to Vegas. Uh, Monday Night Football definitely be there at Allegiant Stadium, so if not then, uh, we'll definitely catch up then. All right, man, sounds good. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. There he goes right there, former Raider linebacker Kirk Morrison.
here with us on Raider Nation Radio 920. The linebacker spent some time in the league with Jacksonville and Buffalo as well, but he's a Raider through and through, born and bred, uh, silver and black, member of the silver and black. So many thanks to Kirk for giving him, giving us a little bit of time this afternoon. This is In the Huddle, live from Raiders headquarters. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Okay, I see you, Damon. Damon hitting you with a little Dirty South sounds right there. I'm not mad at that at all. Welcome back to In the Huddle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Vinny Bonsignor is on vacation. I'm your boy Q, filling in for him for uh, the rest of this week and next week, and he'll be back ready to rock and roll. We'll be back in our normal position starting on the 26th. I'll actually be filling in for uh, for Clay tomorrow morning. It'll be instead of Pritch and Clay, it'll be Pritch and Q. <laughs> I mean, it's really going to be still Pritch and Clay because I'm just filling in for the next couple days for him, Friday and Monday. But, you know, we'll give that respect to the show, Pritch and Clay. With your boy Q holding it down. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're here, man. We're having a lot of fun. Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center is where I'm at right now. Just had a really great interview with former Raider linebacker Kirk Morrison. Got some good calls and some texts that I want to definitely get to. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, if you want to text in, 69187. That's 69187. Salmon Ash text line. Listener line is 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. If you want to go ahead and get your comment on, we've been talking about greatest Raiders of all time to you. Because you can't just narrow it down to one. You just can't say, oh, that's the guy. You know, certain organizations you could say, you know, who's the greatest? Um, you could, I don't know. Now now that I put myself on the spot, I can't think of one, right? But, um, I, okay, no, I can't. Never mind. <laughs> don't even open that rabbit, that rabbit hole. Don't go down there, Q. That's that conversation. That's that barbershop conversation, right? You go ahead and you, 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 throw, you throw something out there like the Cubs. Let's say, uh, you know, Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub. Then someone will say, yeah, but, you know, and that's how it goes down the barbershop. So let's go ahead and leave that in the barbershop. But either way, been wanting to hear from you, your thoughts on, on greatest Raiders to you. Who was, who was the one for you? Who was the one? We've had people mention Charles Woodson. We've had people mention Namdi Asawa. I've got some tweets that, you know, the snake. I uh, got a couple, uh, Jim Otto, got some Art Shells. I mean, just been just been so many, and that really kind of defines you and your fandom and when you started following the Silver and Black and what what makes things go for you, you know, what pushes the needle. I'm a big defensive back guy. Uh, I, I just I love defensive backs. I think it's the greatest position ever, and I always get, I'm that guy that will argue with you, the DB is more important than the defensive line, and I know that's not true. <laughs> I know they go together. I know they do. I know a great defensive line and a great pass rush makes the DBs a lot better. But I'll also argue that great DBs on the back end will make that pass rush that much better. You know, so I'll, I'll be that guy. You know, there, there's the guy in the corner of the barbershop that has the log- logical explanation, and I'll be the one that wants to get loud and say this, that, and the other. And my, uh, my old barber back in, in Texas, anytime I get on a roll and start, start really hammering away, I won't wait. I'm that guy who will argue with you, and once I hit you with a couple of facts and it's like body blows, it's almost like a puncher in a, in a, in a ring. Once I see that you're hurt and that you're starting to, uh-oh, starting to, those body blows are starting to hit them, then I'll just keep pummeling you, pop, pop, pop. So finally my man Nick will say, Q, just because you're louder don't mean that you're right. <laughs> and it'll just make me laugh, and then I'll just stop. You know, Just because you're louder don't mean that you're right. It ain't the who can get the loudest competition. It's who actually has a couple facts. 
But either way, would love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. And again, the Salmon Ash text line 69187. Got a few texts I'll get to in just a few minutes. But first, let's go out to L.A. Eddie in L.A. wants to talk a little Kirk Morrison in that 2006 defense. What's on your mind today, Eddie? What's up, Q? First, let me say congratulations. Love Thank you, brother. Love you back on the radio. It's been a while since I heard you. So now that, you, that I know you're back, it's awesome. I get my Q fill. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, you know what? It's interesting, that question that you asked, uh, you were talking about the greatest Raiders uh, personally. Uh, and to me, it was Kirk Morrison. He was the first jersey I've ever bought. And the okay. reason I chose to buy his jersey versus Charles Woodson, don't get me wrong, Charles Wilson's at the top for me, but it was he was a Raider before he was a Raider. Right. He was. He grew up a Raider fan. His dad was up in those sections. I mean, when I first heard of the guy and started reading about him, I, I, before the Raiders selected him, I was a fan. And then once they did it, that was it. And then he came out and balled out. I mean, that 2006 season was phenomenal as far as the defense. The offense was something that's nightmares, but the defense. <laughs> right. Was just it was you know we, we did have our struggles I think we were one of the last uh, we were I don't know if the I don't want to say dead last against the run but we weren't so great that year against the run but we were the number one against the pass and that was just that middle of the field is is where balls went to go die these guys were just ball hawks that's so that's what our defense has been missing for years is that middle linebacking crew that can shore up that middle that can protect it to allow the, the DBs in the back to be able to do their job. I think that that's one of the things we miss in, in our in our defenses in the year past. I think that's gonna, it's going to change. To be honest with you, I, I I strongly believe our defense is going to take a huge step forward, and it's going to. Uh, I I think we're going to be able to rely on it more so than any other season in, in the last five to six years. Nice, nice. Hey, good stuff, Eddie. Great stuff, and and you're absolutely right, man. I remember those those uh, you know lockdown defenses or shutdown defense in, in, in 2006. Uh, yeah, the offense was dead last. That was that old, uh, and I you know hate to be disrespectful if I'm as I'm sitting in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center here, and obviously anyone who's been a coach is a, is a member of the Raider fraternity. But man, that was that Art Shell 2.0. And I was so excited when he returned to the silver and black to the sideline because of just the greatness of Art Shell. But then he brought Tom Walsh back. And I remember that uh, that that was not the greatest uh, offensive coordinator. And you could just see that the pieces weren't there, you know, and it just didn't work. But a uh, big fan of Shell, big fan of obviously the silver and black. And uh, that defense was so good. And watching Kirk Morrison and watching Thomas Howard intercept the ball and really have the, the competition on defense. To have that competition on defense, like, oh, you just got an interception? Okay, let me one-up you. And they would do that. That's, I mean, you want to talk about ball hawk, like you said, man. I mean, the ball went to die. You throw that ball over the middle, it's going the other way. I used to yell. I don't, I didn't used to yell. I still yell. <laughs> but I, I used to scream at the TV whenever, whenever the ball was in the air because I knew either Thomas Howard or Kurt Morrison was going to make a play. And then Namdi, when he started, you know, coming into his own, when he, you know, when he was doing his thing, when he started coming into his own and locking down one side of the field, and and uh, especially that season where I believe he had, like I said, eight interceptions, man, that was the best uh, offense for the Raiders at one point. Remember, it was the best offense. The opportunity to maybe take one back to the house. I was looking through some old numbers earlier today, and I saw one game, and I hate, I'm sorry that I don't remember what game it was, but they scored 21 points. I think it was against Cleveland in 2006. I think it was. I think it was 2006 against Cleveland. They scored 21 points. 14 came by way of the defense. 14. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's that's just. I think there was a fumble recovery for a a, a, a touchdown, and then a, a pick six for a touchdown, and then there was a run by, and I don't remember who ran it in. Good one, Q. But either way, that's 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 the point. It was the defense was so good. If the defense can get back to being opportunistic, that's the word I like to use. Coming up with interceptions, creating some fumbles, creating some turnovers. That's what they did in 2016. Remember, everyone goes back to that season. That's what they did. They weren't the greatest defense then, but they had a strip sack at the end of the game, had an interception here and there. You know, the other team was driving. All of a sudden, you know, big-time play, big sack, kicked them out of touchdown, and, and they had to settle for field goals. That's all, that's all this team needs. That's all this team needs is to create some turnovers, come up with some sacks at the ideal time, force a team to kick a few field goals, you know, you punt the ball, great. I think Hunter Renfro, I said it all last year that he was going to take one back to the house, and he did, and, and it got called back on a penalty, and I still think that penalty was bogus. I'm sure if Hunter was sitting across from me right now, he'd agree. I like, I like Hunter as a punt returner because he's so short-handed. So you got to get the ball first and then, boom, take off. And he's, he's, he's got wiggle in him, man. That's that dude. That's that dude, Hunter Renfro, and this is not disrespectful at all, but Hunter Renfro is that dude that you, you know, you're on the, on the hoop court. And and you're out there, and you you and your team have been running running the the court for a while, and so the next team comes up, and you see like Hunter Hunter on the on, on the court with them. You're like, oh, no. I'll cover that dude. I got that guy. Like, uh, you know, you, you might be four or five games, and you might be a little tired. You're like, all right, I got this dude. And then all of a sudden, he just just makes you look silly, just makes you look silly. And then everyone looks at you. I thought you had that guy. What happened, dude? What happened? <laughs> My bad. My bad. There was a dude back in the day, and anyone who's from Cali and ever played ball probably played at Bollinger Park back in San Ramon. There was a park that everyone used to come to and play. And me and my boy Corey would run that court for hours, hours. There was this cat named Jacob. And you always thought that, oh, Jacob can't play until you saw him play for the first time. Then as soon as Jacob stepped on the court, you're like, I got Jacob. It's my guy. That's Hunter Renfro. He I was just going to say, yeah, man. Why, why, you, why are you saying Hunter Renfro? Why, why, why is he spinning the description here? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's, that's, that's what I mean. I had, to, I had to describe who that was, that guy. You know, and, and that's why Hunter's so special, man. That's, 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 something, that's something special, man. That's something special. So thank you for your call, Eddie. I appreciate you. Let's go back out to the listener line, 702-365-9200. Mitch in New Jersey, you're in the huddle. What's going on today? How's it going, Q? Uh, congratulations on your new show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anytime. Uh, my best phrase is Marcus Allen. Nice. Imagine uh, Mr. Davis didn't interfere so much, and then he didn't mind shifting to be uh, the fullback for uh, Bo Jackson. He would have had more yards. Should have been a Ray the whole, the whole, his whole career. But then again, Joe Montana changed, changed uh, teams also, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And I remember Vince uh, Evans was uh, one of my favorite Raider quarterbacks. He was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. USC guy. Yep. He was good. Um, just two things. Uh, I looks like a uh, John Rude. I think he's going to uh, finish this whole uh, contract. But um, I see uh, Raiders winning at least eleven, twelve. They have a lot of talent. And um, when the game's in hand, do you think we'll? Uh, Rest uh, Derek Carr and uh, put in Marcus Mariota to see if he still has it. Ooh. Thanks for taking my call. Th- thank you. Marcus thank-, 
Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate the call. Good stuff right there, especially at the end. That that little yeah. Hey, man, if the game if the game is in hand, and I think I think even without the game being in hand, I think you're going to see see some wrinkles this year because because Marcus is healthy this year. He wasn't healthy for the majority of last year, and I remember I was pounding the table. And I was probably just pounding the table at, at my house and probably drove my wife crazy. Like, why is this dude beating up this table? He's going to break it. Stop it. But I was, man, this dude is so athletic. you got to get him on the field. And obviously he didn't get on the field until week 15. But now with the full offseason and healthy, I think you're going to see some wrinkles of Marcus anyway. I think you're going to see him involved in the offense. That's, a, that's something to look forward to. So, Mitch, thank you so much for that call. Let's go to uh, Raider Jim. You're on, uh, you're on Raider Nation Radio. What's on your mind today, my man? Hey, Q, Raider Jim from the Pacific Northwest, 702, Q in the 702, that's your byline, buddy. <laughs> that's right, what's up, brother, how you doing, appreciate you. I'm good, my man, congratulations to you. Thank you. And I'm just so happy for you, and I'm so glad that you're down there, and I couldn't wait to get home today and put on Raider Nation Radio and listen to you talk about the great stuff, which is the silver and black. Absolutely. I, hey, man, I'm telling you, I've been I, I've been trying to play it so cool all week long at the station because I haven't been on the air yet. And everyone's, you know, hey, man, you excited? You nervous? You this and that? Is this a dream come true? And I've been trying to keep it as professional or cool like the other side of the pillow. But inside, I'm thinking, are you serious? Are you serious? Like my first show is going to be from the from the uh, healthcare center, from the, the facility. Are you kidding me? This doesn't happen to anybody but so, me. So this is great, man. I'm, I'm blessed. So awesome, my man. Just keep pinching yourself. So here's my here's my all-time Raider. Lester Hayes, baby, number 37. There you he go. changed the game. 14 interceptions in one year when they went to the Super Bowl. Come on. Right. He was amazing. He should be in the Hall of Fame like a lot of Raiders. Q. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Lester Hayes, that was a great one. Really, really great one. And you're right, he should be in the Hall of Fame. And, again, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this could honestly be the Hall of Raiders. You know, I mean, they could have their own wing because there's so many Raiders no in there and there's so many that deserve to be in there. No question. Real quick, you know, I grew up in L.A. and I was never a, I was never a Raider fan when I was in L.A., but I moved down to San Diego and then they moved to L.A. So I became <laughs> a Raider fan. But, but when I would visit, the great thing on Pico Boulevard was this huge billboard and it was Lester Hayes squatting with his tongue out saying, hey, man, come challenge me. And that was that was a huge billboard in, in L.A. and I just never forgot that as a, as a kid growing up. And he's just he's a remarkable athlete and, and and a really great soul. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, good stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Raider Jim in the Pacific Northwest. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, and hitting me up here and and uh, you know getting home and listening to the show. And and we got a lot of big things coming for you. So definitely appreciate you. Great stuff right there. Great stuff from Eddie in L.A., Mitch in New Jersey, and we have more callers at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Also got some texts on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven six nine one eight seven Salmon Ash text line listener line seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. 5.39 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Welcome back in the huddle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy Q here filling in for Vinny Bonsignor, who is vacationing, well-deserved vacation for Vinny B. 
He'll be back uh, after next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll be ready to go full throttle as we head into training camp. I'm here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Only up till 6 o'clock. I can't believe that this time. I'm used to doing a three-hour radio show, first of all. But I'm here. So now I don't want to leave. <laughs> they might have to kick me out of here. Nah, kidding. Kidding. Security comes running around the door. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> but no, nah, man, this has been great. Uh, had a great had great guest, Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network, started things off with us. Former Raider linebacker Kirk Morrison, he was on earlier this hour. Had some really good calls, Eddie in L.A., Mitch in New Jersey, Raider Jim, among others. Raider Rock in Seoul, Korea started things off. Really good stuff. I did want to mention real quick before we go back to the phone lines that we have some good giveaways coming up on Raider Nation Radio 920. Very excited. Battle for Vegas. So Raiders versus the Golden Knights on the softball field. It's going to be uh, um, July 24th. We got tickets for that. I know Clay and Pritch gave out a couple pairs this morning. We'll have more. So if you want to go see Marcus Allen, Tim Brown lead a team of Josh Jacobs, uh, Jonathan Abram, Alec Ingold, uh, you got Henry Ruggs and multiple others. You want to see that, we've got tickets for you. So make sure you keep on listening for that. But like I said, we do have other callers. More of Raider Nation on the listener line at 702-365-9200. So let's go to Raider Dave in Denver. Let's go ahead and go to Raider Dave. What's on your mind today? Hey there. just want to congratulate my uh, former slow San Luis Obispo brother. I'm just going to send you an imaginary carrot cake. <laughs> That's right. Carrot cake's my favorite cake. You already know. That's right. Oh, I do. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I grew up, you know, loving the Raiders and Bolitnikoff. That's the only jersey I still own today. Nice. But there was another guy, there was another cat that came to this team that was probably, arguably, one of the greatest football players to ever play in the NFL. He could run it. He could pass it. You know, he could block like no tomorrow. And I think I remember him even running down some people in interceptions and tackling them. And that's Marcus Allen. And I just think that there was no play that was ever on the field where you didn't have to account for something that he could do to change a game. And I think it's been proven time and time again some of the greatest highlights in Super Bowl history, you know, are some of his. So I think that's a big, big deal. I'm glad you uh, brought up about Mariota because I think, too, that there's going to be some wrinkles this year. You can't just dangle that something like that in Gruden's offense and have him not use it. And you can put four plays in per game, and you would not run out of new looks. Nobody would have it on tape. And I believe that's what's going to happen. And I kind of wonder, and it's probably too early for this, but I kind of wonder as we get through this, who's going to get to the practice squad? Is it going to be Bowers that four tight end? Will it be Riddick? I mean, there's you got a four run, fourth running back and a fourth tight end. I can't see those guys getting let go to another team, but there are going to be some good players let go to another team. But I know you got other calls, and I'll let you uh, answer this on. on the, I'll just hang on on hold. And man, congrats! Uh, pinch yourself every day, dude, because this is a life changing event, man. I'll see you at the Seattle game. Absolutely, thank you, thank you, Raider Dave. I appreciate you, man. And yeah, get that carrot cake on over to me, man. I love me some carrot cake. But uh, no, man, good, good stuff. Great points right there. I'm excited about Marcus Mariota. I think that there's a reason he wanted to stick around. You know, he he uh, you know changed his contract up a little bit so he uh, you know was able to stay around. And I think that uh, John Gruden is going to be excited to use him in that capacity this year. And like you said, four four different plays. You know, four little uh, t- times in the in the game. And, no, you, you can have a whole plethora of plays in the book, and, and no one would ever know what's coming. I, I think he's going to be a big-time weapon 
this year for the Silver and Black. I'm very excited about that. And Marcus Allen, I'm actually going to have him. I'll just kind of give you a little tease. In the radio business, we call this a, a tease. I will be talking to Marcus Allen about the battle for Vegas and, of course, all things Silver and Black on Monday at 4.30, as I'm still going to be filling in for Vinny for, uh, you know, in the huddle here. Uh, but I'll be talking to him. He'll be on the show at 4.30 on Monday. So go ahead and put that little note in your book and just, you know, lock it in, favorite it, do what you got to do. But uh, Marcus Allen, that's going to be a big deal. Let's go back out to the phone line and let's go out to my hometown. And when I say my hometown, I'm talking about deep in the 925. If Mama Q's listening, she'll know what I'm talking about. I used to live on 20 Oak Ridge Court in Pittsburgh, California. Let's go to Pittsburgh and talk to my man Bill. What's on your mind today? Really? Wow. Yeah, I know exactly where that's at. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty, un, pretty unreal. I mean, what you're doing there. I mean, the Raider fan be there at the uh, the Mountain Place there. That's that is very cool. Very jealous of where you're at, my man. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Dream come true, my man. Dreams come true for yes, sure. Yes, definitely. You know, being a, being a, uh, I have had season tickets since '95, and I actually got them out there in, in Vegas this year. So I, I plan on making the, most of the games out there. Okay. But uh, you, you bring up a good topic of the uh, all-time great with all the Hall of Famers. I mean, from Jim Otto to our new ones with Tom Flores finally getting in and everything. And I think every era has this great Raider where you like fall in love with. You know, you, you fall in love with Stabler and. And you talk about Charles Woodson and all these other guys, and it's pretty crazy. And you know, and you remember since you're out here, is when Woodson first got here. I think he was more loved by the fans the second time he came out here because the yeah. first time he was a young guy and he was kind of brash, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of running around doing his old thing. And the second time when he came out here, I mean, I think he really, really embraced the Raiders. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He matured. He went to Green Bay. He came back and matured and was a big-time leader and and just knew what the silver and black was like. And I remember that Monday when he came to to the facility. I say came to the facility like I was there. But he, he went to the facility, and he said after he signed with the Raiders, he said, hey, I could not leave. Because there were so many fans outside of the facility in Alameda, they would have they would have got my truck, man. They wouldn't have let me get out of here if I hadn't signed. Uh, so I was definitely going to sign with the silver and black. That was an right. awesome day. Uh, he he I was, really became a man when he came back out like that. I mean, he really yep. took over. And when he would flash his Oakland sign there at the crowd, uh, you know, I would bring my kids to the game. We all we had big groups that we came with um, that we partied out without the deep parking lot. And I really hope it's the same passion that we have here. And, and mm-hmm. I'm sensing it too over there. Is that we're going to have that same passion over there. You know what absolutely. I mean? Yes, absolutely. When Raider Nation gets inside Allegiant Stadium and you start hearing Raiders, it's going to go crazy. It's going to be nuts. All right, there he is. Bill in Pittsburgh, appreciate you. My hometown, hometown. That's my real, for real hometown. 20 Oak Ridge Court. That was my uh, address right now. There's someone thinking, man, why you put my address on the on the air like that? Yeah, man? you why blowing you... up somebody's spot. They're going to come hey, back on the door. Hey, it used to be my spot, man. <laughs> but somebody going to be like, yo, man, I just came here because Q used to live here. Gonna, Q who? Like, you at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right, but that was my spot back in the day, man. We had uh, great memories back there at all 20 Oak Ridge Court in Pittsburgh, California. That was the spot for real. So uh, for real, for real. So thank you so much, Bill, for that. And when you come out here, man, make sure you holler at your boy. I want to definitely shake your hand and, uh, you know, welcome you to to Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. So we'll, uh, we got to get together. Uh, let's go back to the phone line, 702-365-9200. I love Raider Nation because, well, you're Raider Nation. Let's go to talk to uh, Raider Paul. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Thank you. Welcome to the nation. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you. 
That's big time. I love it, man. You're the perfect <laughs> guy for this show, for Thank your own you. show. Hey, I agree like some of the callers, you know, Howie Long, Marcus Allen, all them guys are the players. But I'm going to throw a name out to you that we forget about. This guy was a beast for the Raiders. He was probably one of the top linebackers, came out of CU. I think he was a ninth-round pick. And he, if you pull up his stats, unbelievable what he did for us. And that's Greg Beekert. Man, hold up now. Hold up, Swallow Up. Greg Beekert, man, he was one hell of a linebacker. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's my buddy, Colorado, and uh, I'm still good friends with his other buddy here that, that was a tight end for that CU, and Pritch was on the same team when they yep. won the national champ. But Greg Beaker, let me tell you, he did more for the Raiders, and, and we forget about him. But yeah. that guy, let me tell you, he was a class act on the field, off the field, and look at his tackles. I think he probably comes close to a 1,000 tackles for the Raiders. Pull it up, buddy. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, well, I'm welcome, working on it. Let, don't let people forget Greg Beaker, man, because that guy played his heart out. He was the one, I think, that caused the fumble for the tuck rule. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He had a 1,093 career tackles, 16 sacks, and seven interceptions as a, as a Raider and a Viking. And he came out a ninth round, I think. If we can get a couple hearts like that, yeah. we're going Super Bowl. There it is. Thanks, there buddy. It. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. That's the, that was the original beast before Marshall Lynch. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Hey, great call, my man. And, yeah, Beekert uh, drafted in 93, seventh round, pick, pick number 181 overall, uh, 1,093 career tackles, 16 career sacks, and seven interceptions. Uh, played his career for the, the Raiders in L.A. and in Oakland, and then one year with the Minnesota Vikings, 2002 to 2003, and was a, a linebacker coach as well for the Raiders in 2010 and 2011. I mentioned the Sam and Ash text line, uh, 69187. You could always get in that way. Uh, got this text, says, uh, Charles Woods in 2006 season, last six games, outstanding. Sadly, 2006 was not with the Raiders, but was so good for the Raiders before that, I still rooted for him. And I was talking about Charles Woodson going to uh, Green Bay, where he eventually won the the defensive player of the of the year. Uh, remember, the even in Michigan, man, I was a big fan of that dude in Michigan, goes and wins the Heisman. Of course, he was playing both ways and was a special teams ace as well as far as kick returns, punt returns. I mean, C. Wood was just that guy. And, uh, you know, we had the call earlier talking about when he was, for Bill, matter of fact, he wasn't quite as mature when he was with the Raiders the first time. And I'm going to ask him this because one of my goals is to talk to C. Wood and get an interview with him. I haven't done it yet. But I'm going to ask him about RP55. And probably nobody knows what that is. RP55 was a clothing line, a hip-hop clothing line. And him and many of the Raiders, Daryl Russell, uh, rest in peace, and, and multiple others on those teams, all were rocking the RP55s. And I remember I was, a, I was one of the guys that was a – was one of the promotion dudes for that. So I had a bunch of free clothes from RP55, as the Raiders did as well. But uh, C. Wood, he had the braids, <laughs> and he had the RP55. So that'll be one of the questions, see if he remembers RP55. Well, that's going to just about do it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm trying to beg DeMond for an extra hour here, but uh, he's not going to give it to me, and, and the Raiders probably won't as uh, either. But I'll be back tomorrow morning. Uh, instead of Pritch and Clay, it'll be Pritch and Q. We're going to close out the week really, really strong, and then I'll be back in the huddle as well, 4 to 6 p.m., Raider Nation Radio 920. So all of Raider Nation, have a great evening. Thank you to the Raiders for allowing me to be here. Have a good night. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.